And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive into the worlds of pro wrestling, MMA, and combat sports. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. There is a lot to get to today. I'm going to try to, oh, we know. I'm going to get to all of it. Uh, today's title of today's show is called Switchblade Era. I may give some of you a clue as to some of the things I'm going to talk about. And also, let's throw this out there. If you would like to leave a question, comment, suggestion, find other links to the show at Team Impact Media. We'll find all the show links on Twitter. On practically any social media at the Impact 99, we'll find myself. And uh, if you just uh, if you look up Impact Media or Strong Style, Board Check, that sports show on Facebook or uh, where you find the podcast, you should find us. And uh, we really and if you want to leave us a rating, review, any of those sorts of things, just uh, go ahead and do that. And we would appreciate it. Now. Let's get into some of this. We're not quite in the Switchblade era part of it yet because I want to start with Bellator and UFC. And uh, I'm going to start with Bellator 274, which was over the weekend. There were uh, a couple fights that I just wanted to mention. And uh, they all had uh, other things attached to it. All these fights had baggage. They... Today's show could have been called Baggage. They, they had baggage, and there's a reason why uh, they each two. I'm, I'm going to start with uh, Piccolotti, who took on uh, Karakanyan. Leave it, I could be completely wrong on that. Now, Piccolotti wins by unanimous decision. That's fine. Good for him. Uh, there was an Instagram video that he posted, I guess, after the fight, some of his training videos where um, he, I guess, lack of a better way to say it, vomited a good many times. And in one video, two of his assistant trainers, or, or uh, not his main trainer, but two of his other trainers, uh, are seen picking him up after he does this and taking him into a sauna in order to cut more weight. That's okay. I'm not going to say it's fine and dandy, because it's not. So, that's extremely unhealthy. Uh, that means the weight cut was was uh, way more than his body was really wanting him to do. Uh, you, you know, you get the win, things like that. But the Athletic Commission up in, what is that, Connecticut or New Jersey, where they, they held the event, um, they have suspended him, I believe, for six months. They have fined him, I don't know, $2,500. They have also suspended three of his trainers. And they have already put word out to everybody else in the nation and potentially around the world that, um, yeah, you need to do the same. You need to um, 
not book him and not sanction a fight from him moving forward. Yeah, it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. That is, I understand cutting weight is part of the sport. Uh, healthy or unhealthy, however you do it. Uh, you want to do it the best way you can. The only problem is you you can't, and this is like this is like concussion debate to me. That we started telling people, yeah, you need to tell people about concussions, and then people would tell people about concussions, and then all of a sudden now they're missing playing time because uh, they don't clear protocol. So what happens? It it, it roundabout sometimes encourages players to lie about their condition, and I don't want that to happen with mixed martial arts. Uh, if you are trying to weight cut, and I, and I want to say this to young kids as well, because I have recently come across um, friends of mine and people I know whose kids have gotten into amateur wrestling and um, other things like that, where, yeah, you're, you're still cutting weight, even though it's a high school level or a college level, uh, you're still having to cut weight. It's not fun. So I, I want to make this very clear. You need to cut weight the right way. If you are uh, vomiting a lot, that's, that's not a good sign. You, you need to uh, consider other methods at that point or to just stop and just say, maybe I'm not going to make weight or I've got to do this a different way. There is, uh, like I said, you need to do these the right way because, and if in your weight cut you don't feel right, if in your weight cut things aren't going great, uh, you should seek the help of, of, of uh, physicians to make sure everything is good. And like I said, if, if it comes down to uh, that means you can't make the contest you're trying to, then you need to think about the greater good and the bigger picture is you need to be healthy because Piccolotti could, could really have some problems going forward. Um, hopefully this six months teaches him something. And hopefully, like I said, you, you need to say something if you're if you're trying to cut weight and it's not going well, or or it's yeah, it's it, you don't need to do it this way. We'll put it that way. You do not need to do it this way. Uh, but uh, you know, he does get unanimous decision win. That's good. But now he's like kind of on suspension for. Six months. I'm not sure the exact term, but uh, it's it's under no uncertain no uncertain circumstances that anybody sanctioned a bout from him uh, for a little bit of time. And uh, hopefully, this teaches him to not put training videos like that on Instagram or social media because then that's beyond that they had no idea. And it's good that they did because now we can call it out and. and you know, stop it before it happens a bunch of times. But, yeah, there's the baggage of that one. Then we get uh, Koreshkov and uh, Chance O'Contra. Koreshkov gets the round one TKO 38 seconds in. He did a spinning sidekick to the ribs. Uh, the baggage on this one. And baggage is not always a bad thing. It's it's not a great thing right here, but baggage is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Chance 
uh, Reconner, who received the kick, it bro- the kick broke five of his ribs and punctured his lung. He is recovering, and he is he is. I think he's going to be okay. As far as that, but yeah, that kick from Koreshkov was uh, a, a charging rhino. It was a runaway bus, runaway train. And a, I mean, fantastic kick. I mean, that's that's kind of how you draw it up. If you're trying to make an impact with a kick, that's one way to do it. And this is also one of the dangers of the sport, is that things like this can happen. And Chance is, is really lucky that even though he broke five ribs and uh, punctured a lung, that he was able to get to a medical facility. Uh, they were able to, to help him out and everything. And, uh, you know, he'll continue fighting once he heals up. But that is scary. That one blow will break five ribs and, and puncture a lung. When you break ribs, it, you know, remember, your ribs protect things like your lungs. So it hits into it. So, so uh, once again, Koreshkov with the win. And uh, Reconter, uh, we wish you the speediest and uh, pain-free and, and uh, healthiest recovery. Let's go to a little bit of a higher note. The main event, which was, uh, was it Logan Storley? We just have Storley wrote down here. I think it's Logan Storley. And Neiman Gracie. Now, I heard Uncle Chael, Chael Sonnen, say this. Uh, the other day, and and I have to echo it. I don't have to. I'm choosing to. And that is that Neiman Gracie is probably the best Gracie in the history of MMA. The best Gracie. He comes from a long line of Brazilian Brazilian jiu-jitsu masters. Anybody with the last name Gracie can probably tie you in a pretzel, and uh, it won't take much time at all. Logan Storley is an exceptional fighter. Exceptional fighter. He's usually kind of quiet to himself. Uh, but you know, look at the track record of, of Neiman Gracie, and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see that this guy, he's got strikes. He's got kicks. He can do jitsu. He can wrestle. He, he is pound for pound when you the entire martial arts. He is the most put-together Gracie package I think we've seen. He's had the results, too. That's something a lot of people are like, oh, well, this guy would be the greatest ever, but he just hasn't. No, no, no. Gracie has won. Even Gracie has won a lot. He has the results. And so you get the jiu-jitsu. He comes from a background of jiu-jitsu masters. He's won himself. And you get Storley, who is uh, just a wrestling machine. So we're going to get the classic battle of Storley, the wrestler, who will take down Gracie, who will try to tie him up with Jiu-Jitsu when they get to the ground. Makes sense, right? It does. Except that in the five rounds, in the 25 minutes that these two fought, it's five rounds, five-minute rounds, guys. Easy math. 
in the 25 minutes that they fought. These two were trading blows like it was a Holyfield, what, Tyson, I guess? But they were trading. They stood and went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, punch for punch, for 25 minutes. Not much jujitsu, not much wrestling. So it actually ended up being an exceptional, exceptional matchup. And Storley, who you could argue has the uh, his his boxing and punching maybe not quite up to par of where Gracie's is, Storley gets the unanimous decision win, and it's not controversial. It's not uh, that's not the baggage of this one. The the extra added on, uh, you know, there we go, the a la carte. The on the side point of this was this Storley. Instead of saying it under his breath, or maybe in a Twitter post, which he still doesn't do much, or, you know, maybe in passing, if he if he saw Scott Coker in an elevator. No, he does something that just makes the most sense. When he got his turn on the microphone as there he's being interviewed post match, instead of uh, well, oh, shucks, this this was a good opportunity, and I look forward to the next opportunity. No, he starts bringing it, bringing it pro wrestling style, getting into it, making basically cutting a promo. And when you cut a promo in wrestling, you are talking up your recent achievement, and you are talking up what you think your future. Achievement should be. And Logan Storley. I hope his name is Logan. I have. We'll have somebody look that up. But Storley. He grabs the mic. He basically grabs the brass ring. And waves it around. He. Gets on the mic. He is interesting. He is fun. He is entertaining. He is showing people. That he's not just a one trick pony. And it was great. It was great. He grabs the ball and runs with it. That's 100% what he does there. Do we have it? Do we have it? Oh, I think we have it. We're bringing it up. We're bringing it up on screen. There we go. Neiman Gracie and Logan Storley. Absolutely got it. Cool. Yeah. The, the added-on part of this is that Logan Storley, instead of staring at his feet to the ground or, uh, yeah, it was a good opportunity and I'm just glad to be here. No! He picked up the microphone and said, this is my world. You are merely living in it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. And so as we kind of round out the Bellator uh, talk here. I want to talk about the main event. Just a minute. Just just a few minutes. The main event of two, uh, Bellator 275, which is actually tomorrow, uh, where it is Gegar Mousasi versus Austin Vanderford. A lot of people know Mousasi's a bad, bad man. If you have been watching in the last year or so, you know Vanderford. He's a bad, bad man, too. 
for people that are maybe casual fans, maybe you know Austin by his famous lady friend, Paige Van Zandt. Maybe you do. This doesn't take away from Austin. Austin is clearly not as outspoken as Paige, but they they go well and well together. One doesn't take away attention from the other. This is going this fight is in Dublin. I believe it kicks off around four PM here Eastern, so you do the math. I'll do it real quickly. That's four Eastern. So that is what? Three Central. That is two Mountain. And that is one Pacific. Which also means that's what, eleven AM Hawaii. That makes sense. But this fight. You've got Musasi, who has just made a career of, of beating everybody. And you've got the undefeated Austin Vanderford, who has had impressive wins, especially in Bellator Cage. This is the fight you wanted to see. This is going to be the fight you want to see. Austin's going to do what he's got to do, and Musasi's going to say, you know, Hold on there, young grasshopper. Maybe you're not ready for this. I think Austin is. But you've got the wily veteran against the up-and-comer. So that is in the three arena in Dublin tomorrow. That whole card, man, that whole card is just loaded. But the main event, that's the one that everybody is for the middleweight championship. This is Austin's time. Austin, like, look, if if he were to not win this time, yeah, probably maybe later in the year he could come back around with another win. He could come back around full circle. But middleweight's starting to jam up, so you kind of want to take your shots when you can. Said so Gegar, Musasi versus Austin Vanderford. I'll tell you right now, I picked Austin Vanderford. I, it's weird if you if you really want me to be specific in a five round fight. I think Austin is going to actually submit him in round three. I could be completely wrong, but on the Bellator app, there's my official pick. Sinead uh, Kavanaugh against Liam McCourt. It's going to be a fantastic fight. It's going to be a, just a gigantic one. You got Leah, who is five and one out of Northern Ireland, is going to be facing Sinead uh, Kavanaugh, seven five and zero oh, from Ireland. These two girls are going to brawl. I, I don't... I, I actually expect it to go the full way. And uh, you should as well. This, for the women's featherweight, that's the co-main event. Just it, It's just in the women's featherweight. It's not for a title. Uh, but these two are going to brawl. It's Ireland versus Northern Ireland. And yes, those are two different places. And if you don't know the difference in the two, I suggest you uh, look those up after... You listen to uh, the rest of the show. Um, Jornel Lugo versus Brian Moore. That's going to be a big one. That, that whole that whole thing is just going to be fantastic. Uh, UFC. Let's hit UFC real quick, and then we'll dive into some wrestling. Um, UFC Fight Night. You had Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Apparently, I was saying his name wrong. I apologize, Jamal. Jamal Hill gets his TKO victory two minutes and 55 seconds into round number one with punches. It was great. It was great. 
Uh, you hate it for Johnny Walker, who seems to be on a skid. I believe two of the last five he has been knocked out. And I believe he's lost like three or four of the last five or something like that. Uh, he needs to regroup, maybe take a step back, regroup, and come back. Because he's, he's a fantastic fighter. He's still a great fighter. He was just in a main event. You can't be a slouch, you can't be a nobody, and be in a main event. So, Johnny, just, just take a little bit of time away. And then come back swinging. Uh, Kyle Dawkins avenged, avenged the uh, loss of uh, his brother's loss. His, you know, he just lost a fight. Not uh, anything bad happened to him. Uh, he avenges that over Jamie Pickett with a submission in round number one. Four minutes and 59 seconds into it. It was a darts choke. A lot of people would say, why wouldn't you just hang on the other second? Jamie Pickett told us. He said the way the submission was on, he was biting down on his tongue, and he felt like if he did not tap, because he knew it was close to the end of the round, but if he did not tap, he felt like he was going to bite his tongue off. So, out of necessity, he tapped. I think, I mean, there was a good chance it was going to end in the next round anyway. But, hey, Jamie, I hear you. Do what you got to do. Um, Jim Miller. With his 54th victory, now he's 54-16, Jim Miller knocks out Nicholas Mata in round number two, just a minute, 58 seconds in, with some punches. Wow. Ageless Jim Miller, man. He, he's going to keep fighting and fighting. He is now tied with, I believe, Cowboy Cerrone for most wins all time, with 54. And... Uh, He's one of those guys. He, they keep putting Jim Miller against these young up-and-coming guys, and he's beating a majority of them. He can still go. So good for you, Jim Miller. Um, Joaquin Buckley, you guys know him for some of the more famous knockouts, including the spinning kick. He gets the split decision win over Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. It's a good fight. It should have been a split decision. It, there, are, You could you could kind of side sometimes that Abdul did well, and other times you're like, no, 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 it was Joaquin. Uh, maybe it was Abdul. Well, well maybe, it, maybe it, you know, judges saw the same thing we did. Judges said, you know what? Yeah, two of us saw it for Joaquin, one of us saw it for Abdul. That's why you get a split decision. But good fight. Uh, you're going to see Abdul Razak, Alassane, and some big fights here soon. You'll see Joaquin Buckley continue to move up in the standings. That brings us to this weekend, I believe is on Saturday, UFC Fight Night. I believe the whole thing is on ESPN Plus with the main event. We were supposed to get Islam Makachev versus Benel Derush. Derush had to pull out. So up steps on a one-week notice, up steps Bobby Green. And while I know what a lot of people are saying, Islam Makhachev is is just too big of a favorite in this. Is he? Is he now? Is is he really that big of a... Bobby Green just won a week ago. Bobby Green's a solid fighter, and I'm not just defending him because he is considered the underdog here. He just fought a week ago. That could play to his advantage. He didn't overtrain. He didn't have to worry about some other things. He was already at weight. I think he was. He may be having some issues here and there. But 
stepping in at a week's notice like this, uh, first of all, the UFC should help him out a little bit and say, ah, you know what? Instead of this being 170, we're going to put it at 175 to help you out because you're doing us a favor by you're doing us a favor by stepping in and saving the day and saving this main event. We'll see what they do, and we'll see how close he gets. Because this goes back to what we were saying about Piccolotti. It's you want to to helpfully, in the most healthy way possible, drop the weight and and not potentially damage and harm yourself in uh, just trying to make weight because then he will be no good for the fight if he goes too far. But, uh, yeah, I do I do think Makachev is going to win. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think because it is going to be five rounds. I, it could go all five rounds, maybe. I do think Makachev is going to try to put, uh, put a, a stamp on this by round three or four. Because I think he knows if this goes around five, then you know, Bobby's still hanging around. Then you know he could potentially take this. You don't want something like this to go to the judges. But uh, yeah, take Makachev. But if Bobby wins, don't be surprised. All right, let's get into some the world of pro wrestling. Let's start. Uh, there were a bunch of big events. There were technically three big shows. You could call them pay-per-views. Two of them were. One was was during the week. That uh, the third one was was free. It was on whatever you pay for your cable or satellite or streaming. Uh, but let's start with the elimination chamber that happened in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I like that they do this, even with the craziness that's going on. And we are not going to get into politics as we usually do not. Craziness going on in the world. Uh, recent events, even uh, WWE has been has been working with the Middle East, and uh, this is the second event in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Crown Jewel, I believe, was there too. They're they're looking at expanding and showing that they are willing to have shows in Saudi Arabia, in uh, Africa, in uh, you know maybe Germany, maybe I, I don't know what other places they're looking at. I really don't, but uh, I like it. Especially when uh, Saudi Arabia and India have been such a hotbed for talent here lately. You're showing that, hey, we're not just here to take your best people. We're going to come back and showcase them. That's even better. So, uh, you know, kudos to them on that. Uh, let's go over the matches real quick in the Elimination Chamber. Hey, Mysterio beat The Miz. Of course he did. It, it's setting up Dominic versus The Miz. I hope that's not a WrestleMania match. But uh, it's... They're doing their best to push Dominic. And the fact that The Miz is on board with trying to do that shows you how much they think of Dominic. That They think very highly. That they're going to set him up with somebody who is going to really help him. Uh, but Ray gets the win. Of course he does. Uh, Roman beats Goldberg by the submission that he's been using. That's fine. I thought Goldberg did a, a very good job. A lot of people think, oh, he's going to be old or washed up or out of shape. No. Nope. Goldberg still go. And uh, I didn't like the way they just brought him back. It's just a one-off like this. I hope he sticks around for WrestleMania. I'm not sure what he would do at WrestleMania, but I'd you know, like him to stick around. Uh, but once again, Roman with a pretty easy path to victory. I want to see what they're going to do. We know it's probably going to be Brock and Roman, title versus title thing. Uh, I 
think they had another plan until something happened that I'll talk about later. But, I mean, Roman is the best out there. He's went through everybody. He is like the Israel Adesanya of the WWE. He's practically been through the roster twice. I mean, there was a rumor earlier today that Cesaro is gone from the company. I don't know if his contract just ran out and he didn't renew or what happened. I haven't been able to dig into it. it I saw it right before we come on the show. Uh, if so, Cesaro will, will go somewhere and, and be great wherever he goes. I, I don't know that AEW is necessarily it, but he, he'll go somewhere if he did. But Roman has, has been through the roster at least once, been through some people twice. So him versus Brock is just the natural payoff. Uh, but Roman gets the win. The women's chamber. Uh, Bianca Belair wins. Let's see if I can remember all the people that ran it. She beat Dewdrop, Alexa Bliss, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Nikki A-S-H, and I think Carmella was the other one. But, you know, with the winner basically challenging Becky Lynch at, or the the winner of Becky Lynch versus Lita, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, the winner going to WrestleMania to challenge Becky Lynch more than likely. They haven't really built up the other ones. I mean, Alexa kind of would make sense, but uh, Alexa and Lynch, I think, are a little too similar in their objectives. And, and that's, if you guys kind of get where I'm going there. Um, Bianca Belair, they're slowly building her into a star. I think they pushed her a little early, but she can hold her own. She's a fantastic athlete. People get behind her, so if they can kind of go push her a little bit against Becky Lynch, even if Lynch wins at WrestleMania, uh, that's that's probably the best matchup, and I, I, I'm, I don't have a problem with it. Um... The thing I'm starting to have a problem with is how wrestling organizations are doing back-to-back segments featuring their uh, female talent. And I'll have, it's, it's not that I don't want it featured. I do. And I'm glad that it's getting better airtime than it used to. It used to be five-minute pillow fights. Yeah, I'm glad we're a long way away from those because that, that's, not, that's not wrestling the same way uh, tables, ladders, and chairs matches. not wrestling. Those are street fights. Uh, but they, in this case, they did the women's chamber and then followed it up with Naomi and Ronda Rousey, who had an arm tied behind her back because, I don't know, we haven't done that in six months. Took on Sonya Deville and Charlotte, and even though she had one arm behind her back, Ronda Rousey helps with the victory there. Her and Naomi pick up the win. But see, they went back to back. I said, why wouldn't you space that out? But either way, that was still a good match. It still sets up Naomi and Sonya Deville and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. We know that's happening. Drew McIntyre, in a Falls Count Anywhere match, beat Madcap Moss, who took a scary fall, a real scary fall, but he checked out okay. Um, even even, uh, even uh, Happy Corbin there uh, looked, looked pretty uh, blown back by the events there, and, and uh, he even checked on Moss, and, and Moss checked out. It was just, uh, he checked out afterwards medically as well, 
And uh, you just got to watch, man, because Moss, Mad Cat Moss, they're they're trying to groom him and build him into a superstar. And he has a lot of the skills. He definitely has a lot of the skills. So uh, Drew gets the win, though. Drew. Well, there we go. Looking for Goldberg for something to do. Why not Drew McIntyre and Goldberg? I'd sign up for that. That could be fun. But Drew's got to build up and do something at uh, at WrestleMania. He, he's just too big of a star to not be a part of it. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Lita. It's a good match. Lita can still go. Becky Lynch might be one of the better female talents on the planet. She uh, can be a mechanic and a star at the same time. And uh, applaud the efforts of, of both of both women. I'm glad that it, this wasn't the third in a back-to-back-to-back. I'm glad it was far enough away from the chamber to where you knew who the challenger would be. Now you know who the champ's going to be. And I think Lita should stick around, too. And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a match, but I think she should stick around for a little while and and uh, and do some stuff to, to help out. I, I think that would be great. It's good to have her back in the building. Uh, the Viking Raiders got attacked by the Usos, and from everything I read, this was supposed to happen. Uh, Okay, it just continues. I guess their their title match is not cool enough to be a part of a pay-per-view. It's going to be on SmackDown at some point. That's fine. It means the Usos are probably going to win because the Viking Raiders, outside of winning the match to get into this, haven't done much to, to gain a lot of push. And then we had the men's chamber. And while congratulations to Brock Lesnar, who won, and now has the Raw title again. I really think that Bobby Lashley would potentially retain until they completely screwed up a spot they shouldn't have even done. I tell people all the time that there's usually at least one or two people that get dinged up to where you don't see them for a week or so after Elimination Chamber or a War Games or any of these ridiculous matches that they do, the tables, ladders, and chairs, those. The toll those take on people. Well, at one point, they, I believe it was AJ, threw Austin Theory into one of the uh, plexiglass sides of Bobby Lashley's chamber. The plexiglass gave way. Theory went crashing through, and uh, the glass partition part ended up smashing into Bobby Lashley, who looked kind of dazed for a minute. And I, I don't know about that particular part of it, but I know that immediately some medical people come into the chamber and then Bobby Lashley was helped to the back. He never came into the match. They got him out of the match and, and it turns out that he has a shoulder injury and he's now going to be out for like four to eight weeks, which means he's probably going to miss WrestleMania. So here we are. You're trying to do a cool spot in a match that is just ridiculously brutal. And now you've taken one of your biggest stars off WrestleMania. That's big star power. Bobby Lashley going in as champ or in a big-time high-profile match would have potentially stole the card, stole the night of WrestleMania. I was looking forward to it. It's a two-night event. He could have headlined one of those. It could have been Lashley, uh, 
Drew again. It could have been Lashley Goldberg. It, you know, there's a lot of things you could have done. And uh, trying to impress people, it just didn't work. But congratulations to Brock. Now with SS up uh, champion versus champion. It's it's what we kind of want to see anyway was Brock versus Roman. Uh, I just, I hate it for Lashley. Uh, NXT, because they did Vengeance Day, which was um, an old WWE pay-per-view name that they used for just their weekly NXT thing there. It's kind of like their special event without being on pay-per-view. Uh, in the opening contest, Pete Dunne beat the crap out of uh, Tony D'Angelo in a weaponized cage match. They used everything from crowbars, pipes, to... Uh, this is, once again, this was just dumb. It, they did it well. It was a great match. It's just, why do we always have to have weapons? We know we know they can wrestle. We don't we don't need all this extra stuff. But either way, Pete Dunne back on top. He seems to have set his sights on the North American Championship with Carmelo Hayes. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, that could be pretty interesting because Pete Dunne is a bad bad man. Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane of Toxic Attraction defended their women's tag team championships against Indy Hartwell and Persia Parati. Here lately, Indy's focus just—I don't know if they're playing it off that way or not—but they—they she isn't as crisp in the ring as she was when she was uh, part of the way with the Garganos and Austin Theory. Uh, Persia is, is a friend of hers, apparently, and Persia has been on. Any match she's in, she's the star of that. She, by far, is the most fluid. She is fantastic. And I don't know if Andy just, like, she's not that same pop that she had before, and I hope she works on that. But, obviously, Gigi and JC uh, keep their belts as they should. Uh, Carmelo defended his championship against... Uh, Cameron Grimes. Cameron come up just short. I think there's bigger things in store for Cameron Grimes, but you had to make uh, you had to make Carmelo look legitimate, and he does. Again, he didn't even need Trick. Trick didn't really play a lot of big part in it, which is fine. I didn't really want him to. Straight up win versus Cam. That helps because Cam could take the loss. In the Dusty Memorial Cup Tag Team Finals, we had MSK last year's winners. Against the Creed Brothers. Remember I told you guys. It wouldn't hurt my feelings. And I was actually pushing for the Creed Brothers. Because MSK doesn't need the win. The Creed Brothers. If they win this tournament. That gives them a huge boost. Well the Creed Brothers won. They beat MSK. And it was a good match. But the Creed Brothers. Showed that they can be a team. They can do something with. Moving forward. And that's what they needed. And then in the main event. Uh, Escobar from, and with Legado Del Fantasma took on Braun Breaker. This involved Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, it it didn't it wasn't physically involved as as uh, normally things are, which is good. Uh, but Braun Breaker ends up with the win over Escobar. It's probably not the last you've seen of Escobar, but I feel like Braun will move on to something else. Overall, though, Vengeance Day, hey. Thumbs up. Good, solid show. You featured the things you should be featuring. 
the people that the, the better acts right now, the better talents right now, and and some of the bigger feuds. Uh, I would like to see a better tag feud on the women's side, but overall, good stuff. Now let's move on to Impact Wrestling. Instead of talking about their week, the weekly shows, you guys know I'm talking about the pay-per-views. Let's talk about No Surrender, their pay-per-view over the weekend. Uh, opening contest, Trey Miguel over John Schuyler. Schuyler's a great mechanic. They're, they're trying to build Miguel. I'm not sure what he's going to get into. Uh, they're taping. I mean, it's it's on right now. It's not on here. But uh, we'll, we'll see what they do this week to build on it. Uh, Havoc beat to Neil Dashwood. It's kind of a filler match. There wasn't a whole lot going on between any of them. And uh, this whole pay-per-view, we did not see the women's tag team champions. The, the Inspiration, I think is the name of them. Or they used to be the Iconics. I, I don't remember. But they were not a part of this, which was uh, kind of weird. But Havoc with a win over Tennille. Good job. Jake Something. Ends up with a huge win over Chris Bay, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Ace Austin. He becomes the number one contender in the X Division. Good for Jake something. They need to change his gimmick something awful. But he's done quite good with this. Remember he started off as Cousin Jake. Then they split that tag team, which was goofy because they were a great team. And uh, they started calling him Jake something. Yeah, that's... Just crazy. But uh, good for Jake something. We'll see what he does to build on this. He's the number one contender for the X Division title. Uh, what else was there? Jonah beat Black Taru. I told you that they were building towards that at some point. But Taru is finally a guy that's of similar size. So uh, they, they need to continue to find people to face Jonah. It can take losses, and so you keep building him. But it, it can't be little small guys. So the fact that Black Taru was, was this one, really liked it. And then here's the first mention of Switchblade Jay White. Jay White took on Eric Young. This was a dream match that was uh, way too many years later than it should have been, but it was still great. Eric Young, one of the greatest workers Definitely in this company history, but one of the greatest in-ring talents uh, of this generation for sure. But the switchblade, Jay White, gets the win. He's not done for the night either. He's going to have another appearance later. But uh, Jay White, big win. He is on a roll. He is dominating your wrestling television. If you are basically watching anything non-WWE on recently, you are seeing Jay White all over your television, and you should. Probably one of the best wrestlers on the planet at this given time. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo defended her Ring of Honor championship against uh, former Ring of Honor talent Miranda Elise. It's a good solid match. Uh, Perrazzo still one of the best wrestlers on the planet. WWE probably wishes they still had her back, but I think it's better that she actually is not with them because she has the freedom win multiple titles, and just continue to uh, put on a show. Matt Cardona is, uh, took a, he's defending his internet championship against former champ Jordan Grace. I think we're going to eventually see a mixed tag that's going to include Chelsea Green 
in Jonathan Gresham. Uh, but Cardona loses the match, but not his title because it was a DQ. It just furthers this feud, and, and this should be fun because uh, Jordan can definitely go with the guys, and uh, Cardona can work with practically anybody as well. So this has been a good matchup. Uh, we got the Good Brothers, who defended their Impact Tag Team Championships against the Gorillas of Destiny. And what was interesting on this one was Jay White did make an appearance in the end. And he actually cost the Gorillas of Destiny the championship. They had it in hand, and he got in there and dropped one of the members. I think it was... Tonga Loa that he dropped with his uh, his uh, switchblade maneuver. It's it's uh, it's the same thing that Bray Wyatt does the uh, the uh, sister Abigail. Great move, but uh, yeah, the fact that he dropped one of his fellow Bullet Club guys that's uh, interesting. Is Jay White going to stay as part of the Bullet Club? Or is he uh, going to spawn off and do his own thing? Or are they kicking the Gorillas of Destiny out? There's always been that thought. But uh, either way, the Good Brothers retain. And they re- they did the Magic Killer to win still, which was fine. And we'll see what they do moving forward. Because the Gorillas of Destiny are one of the best tag teams on the planet. I really thought they were going to win the tag belts here. Maybe, maybe we see them move around and do some other things first. Mickey James defended her knockout championship against Tasha Steeles. Good match. Tasha showed that she has the, the skills to to hang with the, the the big dog, so to say. But of course, Mickey retains. Moose took on W. Morrissey. Moose ends up with the win. W. Morrissey comes oh so close, but it's just like I said. Right now, it makes the most sense for Moose to be the champion over W. Morrissey in um, in Impact Wrestling. Moose is on a pretty good run. He's been going through some people. It's almost to a point where who he loses to is going to make him a star, or it's going to make them a bigger star. It's not saying that it's not going to be Jay White. It's possible. And then Honor No More, the former Ring of Honor people, Took on Team Impact, which was the mismatch Island of Misfit Toys that it usually is. And uh, looks like the Honor No More people are going to be sticking around a little longer because they were able to win this match, as we predicted. I didn't put it past Impact Wrestling to only hire somebody for a month or have them leave after a month because things like that have happened. However... You want Honor No More to stick around. There's some really good talents, and they will mix well with the people that you have now. And you can kind of loan some of them out like you've been doing, if you need to. Uh, but that was pretty much No Surrender. Overall, yeah, thumbs up. It was. Uh, it had some It had some moments. And there's stuff they can do moving forward. AEW Dynamite. CM Punk comes out. He basically challenges MJF to a dog collar match. Those are usually brutal, but hey, if that's what they want to do, it's it's going to help build MJF into a, a bigger star. 
And I believe that's what this whole punk thing is about, is him trying to make a bigger star to MJF. So that'll be a fun one coming up to see that match. Dog collar matches, seriously, are, are very brutal. It usually involves, uh, they usually both get cut up pretty good. Uh, then we had Brian Danielson, who took on Lee Moriarty. Remember, Danielson's goal, and Moxley's kind of is too. That's why he's trying to partner up with him. Danielson's goal in AEW is, yeah, to do some good things still for himself. There's things on his list he wants to knock out. But Brian Danielson wants to build the younger talent into bigger talents. He more already is one of those that he really likes. So Danielson had a great match with Lee Moriarty. Uh, Moriarty. Fantastic match. Danielson, of course, wins. Then Moxley comes out. And uh, we haven't heard if he's going to go with him or not. My guess is at some point they might, or they may at least fight. But if I'm a young talent and Danielson or Moxley are looking at me because they think I have something they want to make more out of, that's one of the biggest compliments you can get right now. Definitely one of the biggest. Uh, Wardlow with Sean Spears took on Max Caster with Anthony Bowens. I'm really liking the acclaimed. I'm really starting to like this team a lot. Uh, they are both great in-ring uh, mechanics, and they have some flash and pizzazz and a really good team. It didn't matter because Wardlow dropped them all, and then Sean Spears come in and hit everybody with a chair after the match. But uh, I think the bigger story out of this is that the Acclaimed are one of the up-and-coming tag teams you should keep your eye on. And they can also do some really good things as uh, solo wrestlers. And that Wardlow is, is still getting closer and closer to eventually uh, splitting from, from the faction and MJF, I believe. And he's going to start by dropping Sean Spears. Uh, Hangman Adam... Page came out. He was then greeted by Adam Cole, baby. And Adam Cole basically said, sooner or later it was going to happen. I'm coming for that belt. This is a match I highly look forward to. Now, of course, Red Dragon and uh, Red Dragon came out and attacked Hangman, to which the Dark Order. Uh, came out later and ran them off. That's that's something, too. But we're going to eventually get Cole versus Hangman in a cage or something like that. And it's going to be a five-star match. These are two of the better talents in AEW by far. Not just because Hangman's a champ. Now, him and Adam Cole are going to... They're like the new Danielson Moxley, where they're just going to have great matches with everybody. And so when you put them together... We should get a five-star classic. Uh, Y2J, as I continue to call him, Jericho, and Jake Hager took on Santana and Ortiz. Eddie Kingston came out to cheer on Santana and Ortiz. Each their own. If they split, if they split their group, then that's fine. I kind of see it coming anyway. But Santana and Ortiz get the win, as they should have. They are the organized team. And uh, Hager and Jericho will, will go on their merry way to do things. And, and we'll see if if the inner circle is still together or if they decide to split. 
Mercedes Martinez took on Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa ends up with the win. Oh, these two these two women beat the holy hell out of each other all over the arena. In the end, Thunder Rosa ends up with the win, and then Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel all came out and attacked basically both of them. So maybe we'll see Martinez and Thunder Rosa put their differences aside, team up, and we'll get a little bit of uh, a, a fun tag women's division for a minute. Could happen. It looks like Thunder Rosa, though, is, is the new contender for Brit's championship. And as good as Thunder Rosa is, I don't think they've built her up enough in AEW. Brit's going to be champion for a little bit longer. Darby Allen with Sting took on Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. This match was everything and more that we wanted it to be. These are two cornerstones, like I said. These are two building blocks, people of the future. Darby, Guevara, MJF. These are people that AEW needs to keep around, keep pushing, keep letting them showcase their skills and AEW will be just fine. That way you won't always have to have Jericho when he's 70 and and uh, CM Punk when he's 60. And it's like, no, it's it's you can let everybody run their course and you still have the new wave coming in. Uh, of course, Andrade and Matt Hardy uh, were towards the end of the match. It didn't really affect the outcome that much. Guevara was going to win anyway. But uh, we'll see what Darby and Sting end up doing with Andrade, which... Andrade seems more, he was more in tune with wanting a TNT title shot than the fact of taking out Darby Allen. But Matt Hardy seems to be fixated on that. On AEW Rampage, they called this one Slam Dunk because I know they haven't used those terms before. They should have said Slam Dunk when Shaq was a part of it, but this had nothing to do with it. Adam Cole took on Dark Order member number 10 who is really good. But, of course, Adam Cole wins, as he should. He's got to keep his momentum as he's going to take on Hangman. And, uh, you know, 10 can afford the loss, and he's going to keep pressing along because even Brody, back in the day, before his passing, he picked 10 because he's like, this kid shows a lot of promise. I really like what he's doing. And AEW agreed. And we'll see what he does. Dark Order has been kind of quiet lately. I'm, I'm looking for them to kind of spawn up and do some stuff here soon, but it is kind of getting crowded over there, so we'll see what happens. Dante Martin took on... Uh, forgot what his nickname is, but uh, Hobbs. And these two have faced multiple times. Hobbs ends up with the victory in this one. Dante Martin is a, a really good young talent as well. I wonder how long out his brother is from returning to action. Who He had a big injury. They're a fantastic team, but it's allowed Dante Martin to showcase that uh, he could be a great singles wrestler as well. It would be the downfall of the team. Serena D beat somebody named Angela Risk. I, I, I don't understand the Professor Deeb stuff and all, but Let's see where they where they go with this, because at some point, Deeb is going to pick on somebody or, or somebody's going to take up for somebody, and they'll have a new opponent. And then in the main event, 
Here's Switchblade Jay White. He was busy this week. He took on Trent Beretta. This is a New Japan match that uh, most people probably haven't seen much. They were in New Japan together. They had some fantastic moments. Uh, of course, Jay White gets the win, as he should. But uh, Trent Beretta is sneaky top guy. He when he's in the ring, it just there's an energy, there's uh just everything. It's it's just a lot of fun to watch. But Jay White gets the win. Like I said, Jay White, he's he's got to be one of the top acts on the planet right now. And the fact that what well, we saw him. Uh, he was on this week's Impact Wrestling. He was on the pay-per-view twice. He was in AEW. Um, sure he did something else too. Oh, well, we're getting to his other one here soon. Because on New Japan this week, we saw Juice Robinson defend his New Japan U.S. title versus John Moxley. Moxley ends up with a win. Juice Robinson is another one that, if you've never seen Juice wrestle, Go to YouTube and look this guy up. He's one of the last people trained under uh, Dusty Rhodes, I believe. And Dusty just loved this kid. And Juice understands a lot about the wrestling industry. And him and John Moxley had a fantastic match. They tore up themselves, ringside, everything else. Moxley was a belt. The one he had for the longest time until he lost it just recently, before I believe he went to, to rehab and all that. And then the main event, we get Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. Switchblade Jay White. This Both these matches were from a couple years ago. Uh, Jay White wins. He ends up winning the belt, the uh, heavyweight belt, I believe, in this one. And uh, once again, if you don't know who Tanahashi is, go watch Tanahashi Jay White. That You could watch that all day, every day. But it's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to everybody who makes this show amazing. It's so much fun to do. Talk MMA, talk pro wrestling. Lots of big stuff this weekend. Like I said, Bellator 275 is tomorrow afternoon, I believe. Um, UFC Fight Night is Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses.